WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your host, Tim Weisberg and Matt Pasto. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa. Science advisor Matt Moniz is off for the evening, and actually, I think we kind of were too, Matt, accidentally, for a little while. I, I thought the station was carrying the Celtics. I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. We are still a, a Celtics affiliate, at least according to the Celtics website. So I don't know. I apologize for that, because I, I really thought the game was on and that uh, we... We had all the time in the world to get in, so my apologies uh, both to the listening audience and to our guests. So, what's going on? I, I'm so out of the game here. I take one week off. You guys do a great job in my absence with a, uh, just you a terrific show, show last week. I've heard about 40 <laughs> minutes of it, and it, from what I heard, it was it was really really good. And I'm I'm glad that you guys were able to sail the ship without me because uh, I'm going to uh, take the rest of the time off. I bet everybody thought that um, we got canceled or something. Maybe, because, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, they, I mean, they tuned in probably at 10 o'clock or 10.06, and we weren't here. They were like, oh, well, those guys really uh, did a number on that. Yep, yep. They thought you guys sunk the ship. Okay. Uh, but, uh, no, you, did, you guys did a great job. And uh, for those of you who haven't checked it out, I know, Matt, you're still working on getting it uh, updated to the to the feed and, yep. and to the website. And you know you know how angry the listeners get. It doesn't get up there <laughs> quickly. Know. So, But uh, for those of you who do want to hear it and you can't wait, uh, if you go to SpookySouthCoast.blogspot.com, our friend Craig does a great job there of recording the shows and putting it up there as well. And you want to check that out because he's got a number of other websites that he runs as well that are worth checking out. Uh, so you want to make sure you go there, visit him, and let him know that you appreciate what he's doing. We certainly appreciate it because, you know, sometimes we're not that quick with the upload. That, that's kind of like my motto in life, not too quick with the upload or the download. <laughs> For that matter. And, and also, just w- one thing I want to address before we get into it with our guest tonight, April Slaughter. Uh, I do want to say that uh, I'm a little bit upset that you guys were worried that I was going to be calling into the show drunk dialing you, you know, during the show last week. Because I was at a wedding, for those of you who are unaware. Congratulations to Devin and Maura Collins, friends of mine. But uh, first of all, I didn't drink. Because my son was in the wedding and I had to drive home and I wanted my wife to be able to, to have a few libations. And, and second of all, I wouldn't drunk dial Spooky South Coast. I am a professional and I would not do that. Instead, I would just drunk dial your cell phones cons- constantly during the show to try and throw you off. See, that's, that's the difference. That's true. A, a professional doesn't go on the air and tank the show. A professional <laughs> finds other ways to tank the show in his absence. So there you go. All right, well, let's get right into it with our guest tonight. April Slaughter is the executive director of the Paranormal Source Incorporated, a nonprofit research and education corporation based in Dallas, Texas. She has been active, uh, an active investigator in the paranormal field for nearly 15 years, and she is currently a staff journalist for TAPS Power Magazine, which, uh, of course, is published locally here right in Fall River. April has traveled alongside many key figures in the field to assist in paranormal events and investigations as both a representative of the publication as well as a paranormal source. She's currently working on several paranormal publishing projects, which we can talk to her about, and with her team to develop innovative investigation protocol for researching all types of paranormal phenomena. So let's welcome to the line here April Slaughter. How are you tonight, April? Good, thanks. How are you? Oh, spooktacular, as we say here. 
It's great. It's great. And we thank you for uh, for sticking with us and 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 joining us at this late hour, especially where apparently you know there wasn't a Celtics game airing on the station as I thought there was. Oh, it's no problem at all. I'm I'm grateful that you're having me. Well, and we we hope to bring you back for a full show sometime when we can really get into some of these topics. But for now, tonight we'll kind of just do a general overview of things. Okay. So talk talk to us a little bit about the Paranormal Source, because it doesn't sound like your typical paranormal organization. Well, the Paranormal Source uh, was started because we kind of wanted to set up something a little bit different, uh, especially here in Dallas, that where we could uh, unite with a lot of people across the board and do some good, positive things for, for the community and the field as a whole. Uh, we set up an advisory board of people like Lauren Coleman for cryptozoology, Rosemary Ellen Guiley for research, um, and some uh, some other names, John Zaffis for demonology, just so that when we came across certain uh, cases, uh, we could, you know, get some, some peer help uh, from people in the field. And so we're set up a little bit differently. Um, we, we, we're totally nonprofit, so any money that we get goes straight into the corporation to help with investigations and, and whatnot. So we're not just uh, a group that runs around cemeteries looking for orbs or anything. But, I mean, you are there to help groups that are doing that. I mean... Uh, we we oh, all sure, absolutely. In, yeah in the field we don't really want people to run around cemeteries chasing after orbs it's kind of like the the kiddie pool of the paranormal as we say sure. but you know groups that are just starting out and there are a number of them these days you know yeah. they really need something like the paranormal source to turn to absolutely and you know that everybody investigates differently so you know we don't look down on anybody that does things a little bit different than we do but we are here to help them if they have questions so we try to network as much as we possibly can and in that regard, you've had a chance to work with a number of influential names in the field that have probably helped you as an investigator moving forward. Absolutely. You know, the, the TAPS people have been amazingly generous with me and have taught me a lot, uh, especially over the past two years and, and working for the magazine. And they've kind of taken me in and, and shown me a lot. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are big names and not so big names that have uh, gotten me where I am. So I appreciate them all and, you know, give credit where credit's due. But definitely the TAPS guys and and their organization has been really generous with me. Well, see, that's that's one thing we need to differentiate, though, between uh, big names in the paranormal field and influential researchers into the paranormal. I think a lot of times, you know, big names are the people who go out and make all these public appearances, people who have television shows and books to promote. And then right. there's a number of influential researchers that the general public have just never heard about. Right. It seems Absolutely. like, yeah, now we're being able to, to delve into some of these lesser-known names who have done years of great research, who have influenced people like Jason and Grant, John mm -hmm. Zaffis, people that you see on television here on the radio, but that, you know, we're here to, for unknown. Oh, sure, absolutely. And there's a lot of people in the field uh, that do a lot of the research and work that aren't necessarily the type of people that want to be on the radio. Sure, yeah. Uh, and things like that. So, you know, we, we do have an opportunity uh, and I think an obligation to kind of work with everyone across the board uh, in, in the name of, of good research. So we try to do that as best we can. And, and there are a lot of people who wouldn't want me to mention their names uh, just because they don't want any notoriety or, or um you know, publicity for what they do. They just do it, you know, for solely for the purpose of, of helping. So, uh, but, you know, it, it's great to work with people that, like I said, are, are big names and those that aren't. Um, we treat them all the same. We're, we're happy that anybody works with us. So we're pretty privileged. 
I, I mean, and we're seeing, too, a lot of these uh, lesser-known people in the field are starting to come into the spotlight, even if they don't want it. Like, our science advisor, Matt Moniz, mm-hmm. uh, when we first brought him on board, he had no interest in actually coming on the show and talking. He just wanted to kind of hang out in the shadows and teach us the way that he had learned. But now sure. it's almost like, you know, you have to bring your voice to what's going on because there's so much coming at it from different directions. You want to make sure that the truth as you know it is told. Absolutely, and I think everybody should have a fair shot at that. Yeah, I, I agree. The The one thing, though, that, that interested me, Matt, about last week's show, and, and you guys talked about it, was, you know, Moniz came on and said how, uh, you know, a year ago, maybe two years ago, he saw all these groups popping up and thought, you know, I don't want anything to do with all these groups, but he's come to learn that even if they're new to the field and they're just getting started, he still has something he can learn from them. Do you find, April, that when you're advising a lot of these groups and, and trying to give them a guiding hand that you're actually picking up that sense of, you know, first time out awe and wonder from them? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they a lot of people uh, can come up with some ideas that I, I would never have even thought of and, uh, you know, different ways of investigating or different approaches and things. And, you know, I, I try to give them as much uh, opportunity to explore those ideas as one of my leads or one, someone I work with for a really long time. I think you need to give people that opportunity. And I, it saddens me to see a lot of groups and things uh, deny newbies a chance to actually get out there and, and test out some of their ideas. Uh, there seems to be a lot of, um, you know, if you don't have this much experience, you can't be part of our team. And, and I just think that's the wrong attitude to have. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things where just you need to be open and listen to what everybody's thoughts are. Even if you don't agree with them, at least be open-minded to them. I mean, if I'm an established investigator with a, a solid reputation, uh, both in the paranormal field and even in the general community, uh, mm-hmm. people know that they can go to me for, for something, then what I want to do is when these people come to me and ask me for help, I don't want to turn them away because they don't have the experience. I kind of want to help and teach them so that they can learn what I believe is the right way. Absolutely. And then they can become you know, the next generation of, of people who teach and influence those who come after them. Yeah, and I think that's that's extremely important, especially in the paranormal field. But then again, you know, now as with any field where you can start to see the popularity rise and you can start to see more media attention, then you get a lot of the infighting and the backstabbing that we're starting to, well, not starting to see, that we've been seeing for the last few years, where yeah. now all of a sudden everybody's trying to get their piece. Sure, absolutely. And it's tough. You know, there are some days I want to throw my hands up in the air and say, you know, I'm really done with this because there's so much backbiting and, and whatnot. But then I have to take a step back and look at what's actually being done and some of the good work that that's out there and just keep a, a positive outlook on it and, you know, take take in and advise whoever I can. And I have a great team behind me. It's not just me. I mean, mm-hmm. the entire Paranormal Source team, uh, whether it be just the investigators or the advisory board, we all work really hard to, to make sure we get the right uh, information to people. So it's, it's a constant struggle, but we keep at it. And and I know that you work closely with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and she's on your board, as you said. And and I know that you've done a lot of work with her lately on the uh, the Frank's box. But right. is she someone that you talk to who has suffered kind of the slings and arrows of being uh, both a an early investigator into a lot of the a lot of this stuff uh, from her almost metaphysical approach, and then b being a woman in the field uh, when it was really a boys' club for a long time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rosemary, she's been in this longer than most people realize. And, uh, you know, I actually talked to her this morning. And, and we've talked about a lot of these different things that, that go on. But she definitely is uh, one of the people I most look up to because she has been through a lot of the difficult uh, things, especially, you know, the attitude toward women and the paranormal. 
Um, I think women have just as much to contribute as men do. Um, I wouldn't, I'm not the type of person that goes, well, I think we have more. But Rosemary, she definitely gives me advice on how to deal with certain things. And, you know, we, we're really good friends despite being colleagues. And so she does, she's there for me when I need a venting board or I need some advice on how to deal with the situation. And she's never given me the wrong advice. So I'm pretty lucky. Well, here we've, we've had her on the show uh, a number of times, and we call her Rosemary Encyclopedia Guiley. Yes. Not only because of the number of encyclopedias she's written, but she really has that encyclopedic knowledge of things that she can just pull right off the top of her head. Cases, oh, right. examples, you know, history of of locations. She just has it all wrapped up in there. And, and the fact that, you know, you're kind of following in her footsteps and, and helping to guide people uh, the same way she has, it, it just it bodes well for the field, I think. Well, thanks. Yeah, she's uh, she's an amazing woman, and I think anybody that has any time with her uh, would tell you the same. You know, anybody that has her on her show, I've never heard a single complaint about Rosemary. She's just an amazing person, and I think that she's done a lot, uh, not only for the field, but also for, you know, women who are her trying to break into it. So, yeah, she's, she's an incredible person, and, um, you know, I hope you have her again on your show many times. Oh, we, we love talking with her, and the, we do get one complaint every time she's on. What, what is that? And that's that the show wasn't long enough. Oh, well, absolutely, yeah, I could, I could see that. <laughs> and and she always seems to be, you know, at the forefront of a lot of the research. And one of the things that you're both working on together is, you know, kind of this next phase of paranormal research and investigation, and that is these these devices like a Frank's box, like the telephone to the dead, these uh, paranormal communication devices that apparently are giving a voice to the no longer living. Right, and it, and it's really interesting. I I think that people kind of uh, think of the ghost box tech as uh, that we're just turning them on and, and talking to dead people all the time. That's not really how it works. But uh, we are we're gaining all these different devices and we're testing them out and we're doing you know controlled experiments. And and I think that the results at the I wouldn't say the end of our research, but the more research that we do, it'll be pretty interesting to see how the public takes that. Uh, and I'm Rosemary. She has some of the best advice in working with these boxes. She published uh, an article on tips for using the ghost box devices in the last issue of TAPS Paramag. So anybody interested in, in reading uh, her thoughts on that should pick it up. But she's, she's amazing, and, um, you know, she's never steered me wrong. So whenever she has a suggestion for the ghost box tech, you know, I listen, and it, and it works. You know, see, here's where I kind of differ a little bit. Um, from, I, I've been using a lot of these different devices myself, and I've sure. I've been to Chris Moon's events at Lizzie Borden's, and I've mm-hmm. seen it the way he works. And I, I've listened to Rosemary talk about it. And my my approach is kind of like we have what do we have, Matt? What do you call it? The it's, it's the Ghost Box hack, the Radio Shack hack. The Radio Shack hack, right? And, and we've utilized that in a number of spots. And mm-hmm. with me, it's kind of like I turn it on and it works. And if it, sure. it there shouldn't be work involved in it. It should mm-hmm. either work or it doesn't. And that's right. kind of the approach I've taken to it. And we've had a lot of success with that approach. Uh, Mike Markowitz, uh, a friend of ours, who's uh, he's like the great unknown EVP researcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's done a lot of work with the box with us, and he's amazed by it. What is it that we need to learn when it comes to using these boxes? Can you just turn them on and use them, or is there more to it than just that? Well, in my experience, and, and that's really all I can speak from and, and from my team, it's it seems to depend on the person or persons utilizing the box. Um, skeptics, if you see a lot of skeptics um, sit down with the box or in a session uh, trying to use it, most of the time it seems the energy or energies kind of sense that, and it, and it totally does nothing. 
uh, when I use the box on my own, I get a greater response than me taking it into an investigation or a haunted location. Uh, I can turn it on, plug it into my stereo system, and it'll ask me to speak to Rosemary or to Mark Macy or Frank Sumption, or it'll say, hey, April, how's it going? I mean, it's just it's strange to, to see it work uh, different ways, but it seems to depend on the person as if they're more attuned to the device than others. See, the one thing I haven't done is I have not used it solo on my own because I've heard a number of researchers discuss, you know, that they, they get worried about somebody like Chris Moon who spends a lot of time, you know, sitting there with the box trying to perfect his techniques and they sure. start to worry that maybe he's spending too much time talking to whatever's there. And sure. I, I mean, and that comes from Dina, his assistant, telling me that, you know, she gets a little worried sometimes. But, uh, well, sure, and there are people that that do. I mean, I don't I don't know how much time uh, Chris Moon spends with with his boxes, but I do know that with me, I don't have the type of personality um, that can stand to listen to the box for for longer than you know a half an hour in one stretch, just mm -hmm. because it, it's pretty it's pretty difficult to to try and pick some things out. Sometimes, sometimes it just comes through loud as a bell, and and you don't have to strain. Uh, but after about 30 minutes of radio broadcast and static and things like that, it, it, it wears me down. So I, I don't have the type of personality where I can just sit down and, and obsess about it. Um, and, but, you know, we have all these different devices, and they all sound different, even though they're supposed to do the same thing. The RS hack sounds nothing like my Frank's box number 37. Frank's box number 37 doesn't sound anything like the mini box. The mini box doesn't sound anything like the Ovilus. So uh, they all seem to have a different energy with them, and we get different information from each device. So it's turning out to be a rather interesting experience. Is that, But is that different energy, or is that differences in how they're constructed? I know, Matt, I know that you've been working on uh, some of Frank's designs and some of the stuff that's been on the ITC Yahoo group with the different echo chambers yeah. and the different ways that they filter the sounds. Mm -hmm. Is it more that the energy that's associated with the box is what makes it sound that way, or is it more the way that it's constructed? Is that for me or for Matt? Uh, well, for you, April, and, and oh, you've, yeah. you've seen more boxes than we have. Well, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, you know, when, when Frank built number 37 for me, I don't, I mean, you can get the schematics online and things, and, and he'll share his ideas and stuff with people, but I don't think everything that goes into the box is written down on a piece of paper or shared. I think there's some... Uh, attunements depending on the person who's building the box that, that kind of go into them. Now, with the RS hack, obviously, you just open it up, clip a wire, uh, and, it, and it does its thing. But uh, like I said, they all have different things coming out of them and different information, and it just feels different. I can't really explain it other than, you know, when I turn on uh, Frank's box, it seems to work better for me than, say, the mini box would. Um, and it just puts a, an energy out into the room. And if we're dealing with energy, that would make sense. Sure. Uh, you know, and sometimes negative stuff comes out. Sometimes nothing but positive stuff comes out. So it, it's it's an experiment that's ongoing, obviously. And uh, we're finding that it's a mixture of science and spirituality and, and energy and all these different things that actually uh, helps the boxes to work. So, um, you know, I really don't know 100% for sure yet. But it seems to me that it, it's a mixture of the person who uses the device and what device they're using. Now, you're you're out in Texas, right? I am. What's the oldest location you've had a chance to uh, investigate in your travels? Oh, wow. Well, I, I grew up in the state of Utah, and there were several uh, old Army installations and things out there that I worked with. Um, I've been to a couple of Civil War places that were, that were pretty interesting. It, it just depends. I mean, I don't know the exact dates. Uh, I've been to so many, but uh, there are some that have impressed me, obviously, more than others. But I'd have to say my old haunts back in Utah, the old... Um, Pioneer stuff uh, seems to have been 
the oldest. Because if you ever get a chance to come out New England way, and we, we hope that you do, mm-hmm. uh, we want you to come and, and bring some of your devices. And we have a, a tavern from 1693. Oh, very that cool. we've been doing a lot of work in. And it's basically, uh, we had Mike Markowitz with us, and we had the, the hack with us, and it's, it's essentially, it's just a, an audio buffet. I mean, these uh, there's you know 300 years of spirits here that are trying to get their point across. Sure, uh, and I would love to. I actually uh, lived in New England for about four months. I lived in Rhode Island and, and worked in Fall River at the magazine office. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I need to get back up there. There's so many people that that are asking me to come up there and visit. So when I when I come up, I'll definitely bring the devices and we'll hook up and do something. Yeah, well, we'll put together some some lectures and stuff up our way uh, to help you come and spread the word of the paranormal source up this way. That would be great. I would appreciate it. Thank you. And and your work for the magazine, as you mentioned, uh, and you are uh, one of the uh, main feature writers for the magazine. And, and how are things going with it? I know that they moved into the new office about a year ago. Yeah, they're, they're doing good. Um, you know, I've, I started off just writing the... Um, state by state, the different locations and states that are supposedly haunted, uh, but I've kind of moved into doing that as well as uh, other stories. But my main focus right now is uh, the Skinwalker Ranch out in northeastern Utah. It's kind of the paranormal Disneyland of activity right now, so uh, I've been studying and researching that. So I have a series of three articles that are coming out in the magazine. The first one is the cover story right now, so if you're interested in UFOs, Bigfoot, ghosts, all that stuff all in one place, that would be the, the article to read. And uh, we, we really should do an episode on the Skinwalker Ranch because of the, the high level of activity that goes on there. I mean, we talk about the Bridgewater Triangle out this way mm-hmm. and all the stuff that goes on there, but you know that's a, a couple of hundred-mile stretch of, of land. where The Skinwalker Ranch, we're talking about one very pinpoint location. Yeah, it's 480 acres so, uh, in total. Definitely yeah. a lot of activity concentrated in, in, in that amount of space. Absolutely. So, what about any uh, other upcoming projects for the magazine? Are you going to just keep following that for a while, or do you got some other ideas brewing? Well, I've uh, I've interviewed uh, recently. I did an article on uh, Kieran O'Keefe from Most Haunted, so mm-hmm. uh, the parapsychologist on that show. He'll be a, a feature article coming up soon. I'm also doing uh, some work in the fae realm or fairies, uh, different things, uh, not the the winged happy fairy type things. I'm doing more of the sinister side of, of the Fey world and, and glamour and changelings and things like that. Um, but yeah, basically the the whole paranormal field is something that I'm, I'm wanting to tackle. So eventually I'll get to the point uh, where I have as much credit under my belt as Rosemary. Uh, she's researched everything there possibly is uh, out there and she continues to do a great job at it. So yeah, I have fairies and, and some personal interviews coming up. So that'll Excellent. be interesting. Excellent. And, of course, uh, you can get Taps Paramag pretty much uh, anywhere around this neck of the woods because, uh, you know, it's so local that many right. of the bookstores and magazine shops carry it. And I know that they signed a deal with Borders uh, sure, to get it distributed. Well. I'm sorry? And Hastings as well. Oh, and, of course, you can order it online, get a subscription. You can at and tapsparamag.com. Perfect. And uh, now that's actually a great idea for a show, something we haven't talked about with Rosemary. Maybe we should talk about fairies sometime and bring the both of you on. Oh, you should. She's amazing. I think she probably has uh, some of the most interesting research uh, on the fairies that, that I've ever seen, and I've done a lot of research lately, so it's definitely worth looking into with her. It's actually, if I remember right, too, that's how she got involved in the paranormal. She had a fairy encounter when she was younger. Yeah, I believe that's true. Yeah, so yeah, definitely we'll plan on that for uh, coming up in the new year. be fantastic. All right, well, th- a- April, thank you so much for joining us on short notice tonight and, and sticking with us. I know you got to get up early, so we'll we'll let you go. But we hope to talk to you again real soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. You have a good night. Thanks. You too. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye.
That is April Slaughter of the Paranormal Source. And you can check out their website. It is theparanormalsource.com. And, uh, well, I'm sorry, paranormalsource.com. I always put the in front of websites all the time, and I, I start to realize I shouldn't do that because some websites yeah. actually start with the. It's www.paranormalsource.com. And definitely go check it out for a different approach to paranormal investigation. It's not just about investigation. It's about research. It's about helping. It's about forming a community and teaching and instructing those that come after you. And I, I've been familiar with April's work because I've read Taps Paramag for quite a while. And I'm just familiar with her from being on MySpace and these mm -hmm. other you know social networking sites where she's constantly putting out information about the paranormal. And I'm sorry it took us this long to get her on the air. And, and hopefully when we bring her back, we can do a complete show and, and talk about more. Uh, just... That's something I never would have thought either, Matt Costa, that I'd want to sit and do a whole two-hour show about is, is the fairy realm. Yeah. But that's because I was thinking, you know, fairies were Tinkerbell. And it's way more than that. These are very interesting creatures, if they exist. If they exist. I think they do. Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we'll talk some more about the paranormal. We'll also take your calls at 508-996-0500. 508-291-0500. You can also email us. We have capabilities here in the studio to receive those emails. SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. You can give us an email anytime during the week. You can also check out our website, SpookySouthCoast.com, for up-to-the-minute info and past shows. Every every past show we've ever done. There was a few missing from the archives, Matt. I know you're working on getting yeah. those back in. I saw you had up to uh, November 1st yep. posted. So if you've missed any show between our first show back in January of 2006 until now, definitely go there and that's where you can get them. We're also on iTunes and Zoom Marketplace and anywhere else you get podcasts. And uh, pretty soon we'll actually be knocking on your door, showing up and handing out CDs. That's just <laughs> how much we've been spreading the word of Spooky South Coast lately. All right, why don't we take a break when we come back more here on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hey, man. What? You up? No. Wake up. I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted. Hey, come on. It's 2.30 in the morning. I can't sleep in here, man. I'm scared. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz, with a well-deserved night off. I think he's uh, actually out working on a case. Isn't he always, though? He is. And I know that uh, he's got a, a, quite a few more coming up. So uh, we'll grab him for inside the studio whenever we can. Next week we're going to be on the air at our regular time, 10 p.m. Eastern time, right after the news. Uh, we are going to be talking about the Kennedy assassination on that, the uh, 45th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination, uh, November 22nd, 1963, Dallas, Texas when uh, the President of the United States, John F. Kennedy, was shot and killed by... Well, we'll find out next week. <laughs> but uh, there are a number of uh, other JFK-related uh, events going on that night, programming on different networks and uh, other radio shows as well. So if, if you're interested in the case and you're interested in finding out a little bit more about the conspiracy, the plot of the potential people who were involved in the assassination, one book you definitely want to check out is Crossfire, The Plot to Kill Kennedy by Jim Mars, 
who uh, we've had here on the show, and it's the book that the film JFK is based on. And Jim is just an outstanding researcher in everything that he does. Uh, so make sure that you check that book out. And I actually uh, I tried to get a hold of Jim to see if he could join us, and he's going to be busy at a conference. But um, yeah, we still want to let people know that that book is out there because it is just the single best book I've read on the case thus far. All right, well, coming up also next Saturday, November 22nd, the Wareham Emblem Club, number 99, and the First Spiritualist Church of Onset are sponsoring a holistic psychic fair. That's next Saturday, November 22nd, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Wareham Lodge of Elks, 2855 Cranberry Highway. That's uh, right on Route 28 and 6, East Wareham, Mass. Highlights include New England's famous mediums, clairvoyants, palmists, astrologers, spirit drawings, tarot readings, Reiki, energy healing, aura photography, and much more. There will be many vendors, something for everyone. Refreshments will be available, and all proceeds are to benefit community education and outreach programs. So that's uh, Saturday from 10 to 5 at the Wareham Lodge of Elks, 2855 Cranberry Highway in East Wareham. Uh, And it will be a heck of a psychic fair. I've gone to them there in the past, and uh, actually it was the first psychic fair I ever went to was there. And it's uh, it's interesting. For those of you who have never been to a psychic fair, not only are there vendors there selling their wares, uh, many things that would be of interest to the spooky South Coast audience, but they usually have a good number of psychics there, people of all these different disciplines that you pay your money and you get a ticket and then you go and you sit down and you have a reading. So um, I have not done that end of things yet, but uh, I do enjoy watching others and seeing the look on their faces. I, I'm not eavesdropping and listening to the to the readings because that would be immoral. But I do watch and I see the reactions and you can see when they make connections with people. And uh, I've met a number of great folks there in the past and I look forward to meeting some more next week. I'll be there Saturday at some point in the afternoon. So hope to see you there. All right. Speaking of where else I'm going to be and I hope to see people, (laughs) that is uh, this Monday at the Bay State Paranormal Center in Taunton. Uh, I will be teaching my Introduction to the Paranormal course and it's only ten dollars to to take this course, ten dollars per person. The uh, the information I gave out earlier on MySpace uh, was incorrect. I said that it was twenty five dollars if you showed up at the door, but this is a special introductory price for first timers, ten dollars. That's it, ten dollars at the door to come in and take the introduction to the paranormal course. Uh, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over what the different types of paranormal phenomenon are, uh, specifically speaking, hauntings. Um, I'm using the term paranormal, but we're going to focus on hauntings for for this particular class. And we'll talk about the different types of hauntings, the different types of evidence that you can gather, what we use to gather them, and why we can gather them. You know, what is this all about? And so uh, I invite both newcomers to the field, people who are interested in learning about the paranormal, and those who have experience and would like to share some new and different theories uh, to come in and take part. It'll be from 7 to 9 p.m. this Monday night, at the Bay State Paranormal Center, and that is located at 20 Broadway Street in Taunton. If you want to contact them, 508-880-8696. And uh, you can go to myspace.com slash mugshotlizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E, and you can find out more about the BSPC. Also coming up on Friday, now that's this Friday, November 21st, we Are Not Alone, a presentation of Visitation with Spooky South Coast Science Advisor Matt Moniz. That will also be from 7 to 9 p.m. on Friday. Uh, tickets are $25 to that event, but if you prepay by the 19th, it's uh, it's only $10, I believe. I don't have it listed here, but I believe it's 10 
or maybe maybe you just have to prepay the twenty five. Um, we'll let you know. And uh, also on Friday, November twenty eighth, Matt Moniz will be presenting Sightings One Hundred One. So two very important UFO courses coming up taught by Matt Moniz uh, this Friday and the next, and then Introduction to the Paranormal this Monday. And then one of the things that I'm, I'm excited about, and I, I hope I get a chance to take part in this, is uh, peer review, show and tell for grown-ups. It's when you get to bring in your evidence and everybody gets to dissect and analyze and present evidence to other investigators. That'll be Saturday, November 29th uh, from 2 to 5, and uh, tickets for that will be $5, which is just, you know, a, a oh, it's almost like a thank you to the BSPC for letting you come together and do that to help them keep going because they are just starting out. And uh, I'll also be back there in December to teach two courses as well. Uh, the first will be on December 1st. That's going to be History of the Paranormal. Uh, this is something that I've really been doing a lot of research into as originally as part of my introductory to the Paranormal course. But Matt Costa, I mean, did you even know how far back Paranormal Investigation goes? Did I'm amazed by this. I had no idea. They've been investigating the Paranormal since ancient times. Really? Yes. Absolutely. There was uh, there's actually some some cases from Chinese early Chinese culture that we'll talk about the Bantu religions of Africa, oh, wow. uh, all the way up into you know the spiritualist era of the 1800s and the the modern era of ghost hunting kicking off with uh, guys like Harry Price in the 1940s, 20s, 30s, 40s. This is when we started to move toward the the first the pseudoscience aspect of it and then the hard science aspect of it. So we'll get into all of that. It'd be a good time. Well worth the ten dollars. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm going to have to listen to myself talk. <laughs> so, I mean, just imagine if somebody interesting was doing it. And then on December 8th, the following Monday, this is something that I, I, I'm a little bit hesitant about this class, the one coming up on December 8th, this, this presentation, Paranormal in the Media. I almost wonder if I can freely comment on Paranormal in the Media since I'm in the Paranormal Media. <laughs> I, I don't know if I need to, you know, temper my comments a little bit there, but... Let's face it, there's an explosion of paranormal media, and somebody needs to be talking about it. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it. I'm not going to tell you about it. You're going to come. We're going to sit. We're going to discuss. You're going to let us know about the good, the bad. You know, what, what, what are you learning from? What do you not even bother with? This is the discussion that we're going to have. And then we'll get a little bit inside. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look behind that, you know, that fourth wall mm-hmm. a little bit. And if, you you want to come and you say, hey, you know, I watch all these ghost hunting shows and I want to know, you know, what's this all about? Well, we can break it down because we've talked to the people that are inside. We've mm-hmm. talked to the people behind the scenes of these shows. We kind of have a rudimentary understanding of how they work. So when we have a situation like what happened you know, recently with apparently uh, TAPS has been accused by a few uh, Internet watchdogs, <laughs> uh, which basically means people with too much time on their hands hanging out in their mom's basement – these they they have broken down the live episode from Halloween where they've they've caught them uh, you know, faking evidence supposedly, yeah. and uh, they, but these are people that don't necessarily understand the inner workings of a television program. Yeah. And Matt Modis and I had a big discussion about it the other night, and you know he's telling me about you know well this is live television and you know things can happen in live television, and I'm arguing back that. If it's live television, they should be trained to avoid mistakes. You know, you don't see mistakes in a football game. Mm-hmm. And we're going back and forth about this. And this is the kind of discussion that I hope to bring 
to this paranormal in the media course. So that'll be Monday, December 8th. So basically every Monday and every Friday for the next few weeks, you, you, you've got Spooky South Coast in your face. <laughs> and then, of course, we'll be in your face during our regular Saturday night time slot as well. So uh, there you go. And then on the 20 – what's the last Saturday of the month? 29th? Sure. <laughs> yeah. On the 29th, that's when we're going to have our big benefit show here on Spooky South Coast uh, for yeah. Rock for Christmas. Yep. And that is a, a great event coming up, put together by our friend Wayne Morrison and the Rock for Christmas Foundation. Uh, it's going to be happening in a, a couple of different locations, and we'll have more information for you about that going forward. But essentially, I mean, it's your chance to see some, some great rock stars. Rock stars coming together for an all-star benefit for the needy families during the holiday season. Uh, guys like Eddie Money, Joey Belladonna of Anthrax, uh, Terry Lowe's of XYZ, Quiet Riot's Paul Shortino, Stet Howland of Wasp, and local performer Grace Morrison. Uh, a number of people are going to be involved in this concert, and they, they like to keep it affordable, you know, because they understand the the idea of how the uh, the economy is right now and the fact that it is the holiday season. But uh, also, you know, they want to raise money for the charity too. So what we're going to do here on the show is we're going to get some of these these rock stars on the phone. Yep. They're going to join us. They're going to talk to us about what it's like being on the road in a rock band. They're going to share with us maybe some paranormal happenings that have happened. Uh, I've been promised that uh, if we can get Eddie money, he's got some very interesting stories from the road. Does he? Yes. So, um, you know, we'll talk to some of these, these rock stars, and we'll talk to Wayne, and we'll talk about Rock for Christmas, and then hopefully we can also take some phone calls from people that night and, and get some people to agree to, to write some checks. You know, make donations. Rock for Christmas is a tax-deductible donation. If you make that, you know, you, you can put it on your taxes, a charitable contribution, and uh, they can give you all the necessary paperwork for that. And it's just really, it's a great cause, a great event, and we want to make sure that we can do all we can to help make uh, all the shows that they do uh, very successful and that we can help these families. Because I, I don't know about you, Matt yeah. Costa, but I, I've, I've kind of been a needy family at Christmas sometimes. Oh. You know, growing up. I think we all have one one Christmas or another. We've I mean, all, we've all had a Christmas that came the day after. Yeah, when, when all your presents were on sale. But you're 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 talking about even having a Christmas even the day after. Some of these families don't even get that chance. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we can, you know, even though they don't have, they can't even wait for the seventy five percent off sale. <laughs> you know, because they just they don't get that opportunity. So we're hoping that we can help them raise some money. I know that the spooky South Coast audience out there, I know that you'll give all that you can. I know the times are tough, and I know that in this area especially we're hit hard, economically speaking, but we have listeners worldwide. We have everybody from, you know, every – we run the gamut of every social class and every uh, economic class. I mean, the people that listen to the show are, are just great people that care about one another. And, I mean, see, look, the phones are ringing off the hook already with people trying to call in and make a donation. Well, we're not taking any tonight, not until November 29th. But there you go. I mean, that just shows the outpouring of emotion from our audience. And we know that we're going to have a great night that night. So uh, stay tuned for that. Should be good. So what else have you been up to? Hmm? When are you going to teach a class? <laughs> I don't know. There's gonna, there's what would I teach it on? Uh, there's going to be something that you feel passionately about that you could get up and talk to people about. Yeah. Or what about producing a paranormal talk show? Possibly. What goes into it? Oh. Class wouldn't be that long. 
<laughs> True. Basically, it's uh, start planning for it four hours before the show starts and hope everything works out. Yeah. That's how we usually do things. But, I mean, there's, there's – I would love to see you get up there and lead a discussion – First of all, I'd just like to see you get up and lead a discussion because you're a quiet guy to begin with. But I'd love to see you get up and lead a discussion of a skeptic's view of what goes on. And when I say a skeptic, I mean somebody who is not, you know, uh, somebody who's not shut down mm-hmm. to the possibility of the existence of the paranormal. Somebody who just wants to see more than just the chair move. You want to make sure that you can eliminate all reasons why the chair is moved. Yeah. Sometimes people in the field, myself included, get a little bit too excited about the chair moving, and we don't stop to look at all the different reasons that it could have been. And so somebody with a true skeptical eye, which I try to have a lot of the time. It's funny because you know I'll be extremely critical of anybody in every other aspect of life, but you know sometimes with the paranormal, I just get a little bit too, look, you saw that, you know, and it's... <laughs> Because I want you to believe yeah. what I believe. Yeah. But uh, I'd love to see you get up and, and, and talk to people about your approach to how you take things. So might be interesting. How do you take things? What is your approach when you're you're on these investigations and you're watching me and Moniz, you know, jump up and down about some of the, the things that are going on? I mean, what what's going through your head? Well, I'm just trying to figure out what what else it could be. Like you guys um, – I'm not saying you guys, but – Probably you you would think that it was definitely a spirit or some sort of energy entity something at first uh, at the first sign of a movement of a chair or something. I would probably that would probably be the last on my checklist of things to check. I mean, in, in fairness to to myself and Moniz, but we would have to already be in a location where we found oh. activity for us to think yeah. that. We wouldn't just casually walk into any building and be like, oh, it's a ghost. Look, there's ghosts here. Yeah. But Just wanted to put that little <laughs> caveat into what you were saying. I, I mean, I don't basically walk around, and every time I go to the supermarket and the door automatically opens as I'm walking through, I'm like, oh, thank you, ghost. You know. <laughs> I, I know what you meant, though. Yeah. I but, yeah, I mean, I would love to see you get up and, and talk about your thought process to people and, and bring that into this into this field, into this community, because not a lot of people are looking at it like that. They, they claim to be. They claim to have a skeptical eye when it comes to activity, but they're so much in a rush to get, you know, a video clip or a photo up on their website or their MySpace page. But should I stop using MySpace? Should I start saying Facebook? Because I've noticed there's a, a general movement away from the MySpace and toward the Facebook. I don't know. A lot of people don't like Facebook, though. I don't. I don't use it. We have one, so if you're on Facebook, feel free to, to ask us to be your friend. It, but they're in such a rush to get it out there um, that they, they don't really go through the steps and through the processes. So I, I just like to see you get up and, and, and talk about that with people and uh, you know, then really start to share with them some of the experiences that you have had. And then they'll take that a little bit more seriously than they would if you know, Moniz, got, Moniz and I got up and said it. I'll have to talk to Liz. I'm sure it can be arranged. <laughs> I'm sure it can be arranged. They they have so many great programs going on there, but I bet they can squeeze you in. I don't know if anyone would pay that for a skeptic. I'll class. I'll 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 reimburse you any money that you've been missing, <laughs> okay. just so I can sit there and listen to you talk about it. Because you won't, you you don't really. When, when we're on an investigation, I say, Matt, what do you think? You always give me the same, eh, <laughs> eh. And so I just like to hear more than just the, oh. eh. When you say eh, that's what ramps me down. 
You know, once I hear that, eh, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm getting a little too excited. Sometimes, Stop, take so, a breath. Sometimes you have to let um, let things soak in a little longer, and then make a judgment call off of that. See, so, I, just, I try to do that. But I mean, my basic approach is that if if it is activity, I want to make sure that I recognize it as such so I can keep it happening. I'm the same way. If if I win on a lottery ticket or something, I'm like, did I really win on a lottery ticket? <laughs> I like, won on I won on a lottery ticket <laughs> yesterday. Did you? I won four dollars. Sweet. But I spent three dollars on tickets, so I technically only won a dollar. But I really won because I was at the gas station and I got gas for dollar ninety nine a gallon. So nice. everybody was a winner that day. <laughs> All right. Well, that about does it for tonight's episode of Spooky South Coast. And you know when we start talking about gas prices, we veered way off the subject <laughs> of the paranormal. Lottery tickets and gas. Yeah. Basically, we're talking about the crap we have to hear about the rest of the day. Yep. Oh, I got four dollars on a scratch ticket today. Oh, what was the weather at your house when you left? I had 42. All right. So we'll be back here next week to talk with you about the paranormal, uh, as we are each and every week. Next week, we're going to focus on the conspiracy to assassinate JFK on the 45th anniversary of his assassination. And maybe you don't think there was a conspiracy. Maybe you think that we're actually being disrespectful by going on there and talking about a conspiracy on such a solemn day. Well, we want to hear from you next week. Absolutely. And uh, the week after that, we'll be back to talk to you about Rock for Christmas and about what you can do to help with that. And then coming up in December and January, man, we've just got – the calendar is filling up. I mean, I'm, I'm booking guests now for the new year. I'm talking to people for the new year with yeah. some interesting ideas and approaches that these are people that you've never even heard of. These are people that aren't really even out there in the paranormal field of the paranormal community. But they've got some research going on that I think needs to be presented. And, and we're trying to give them a forum reluctantly now. We're, we're kind of dragging them, kicking and screaming into the spotlight. But this is important research that they're doing for their own benefit, their own education, their own edification that we think you need to learn about. So we're going to be dragging them, kicking and screaming onto the airwaves. And um, just so many different avenues we're going to be pursuing here in the coming weeks. Make sure that you're along for the ride each and every Saturday night here on WBSM, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, every Saturday, streaming live, SpookySouthCoast.com, WBSM.com, and, of course, podcasting, if you can't stay up this late, through SpookySouthCoast.com, iTunes, and many other podcasting entities. All right. And try Dr. Hackalot's consumption cream. <laughs> I figure if I'm pushing the show, I might as well push the products. All right, well, for Matt Costa, for Matt Moniz, wherever you are, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Now the supernatural is 